What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. I always get so excited to meet other individuals who are building things that can impact my life as a marketer, and today's conversation is no exception. I'm joined by CEO and co-founder of Kapwing, Julia Inthoven, and we're talking about how to get over the hurdle to create video content. We all know we need to be doing more video. It's on that post-it note that's beside your computer. Video, 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 but we just can't get there. I know for me going into next year, video is a top priority. So that's why I am bringing in people like Julia to help educate me on how I can get started. I'm excited. On the other side of this episode, we're putting out a brand new report. You can check it out on the juice. It is the state of gated versus ungated content report used from data directly found on the juice. It's been a labor of love, but I think it'll help start answering some questions that we all have rattling around in our heads and excited to share with you very soon. Until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. All right, we are talking about a megatrend, and that is video. I know I'm excited about this topic because video is something we need to think more about here at The Juice. The topic specifically for today is how to get over the hurdle to create more video content. I'm joined by Julia. She is the CEO and co-founder at Kapwing. Julia, this relationship was built just based off of some uh, LinkedIn commenting, which I think is always fun. And I said, let's, yeah, let's talk about it on the pod. So uh, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Super excited to get to, to chat with you. Yeah. It's a, a, a great example of a random occurrence that comes through LinkedIn connection. So yeah, doing well. Uh, maybe before we kick things off, uh, Kapwing, let everyone know who you all are, what you do, problem you solve, that sort of thing. Totally. Um, Kapwing is a fully collaborative video creation platform that helps marketing and communications teams to make more video content faster. So we're really serving modern marketing teams that are concerned with how do we create a lot more video content without lowering our brand standards. And yeah, we uh, that's what we do. Awesome. So I think like, I don't know, I being an early stage company, I feel this. I'm sure other people out there can uh, empathize with this as well, but the just the struggles to get started. I know that we're going to be talking about that today, but like when I think about my early days in B2B SaaS, I think about like creating video and uh, the first companies and creators using video. I, I think about like having a dedicated video team or spending a lot of money to outsource that through some sort of agency which I don't think necessarily is the case today. So maybe let's talk a little bit about the perception of how video content was created for brands maybe five to 10 years ago to maybe where we are today in the space you all play in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, five to 10 years ago, you know, video content was really the realm of like big brands with deep pockets. You know, it was more for people who could afford high-end production and equipment and editing software and people with technical expertise to do all of those things. And that's why it costs so much money if you hire an agency to get, you know, even just a 40-second video made it can cost literally thousands of dollars. And there was a lot of focus on sort of key content that you could run 
you know, as ads, put a lot of money behind and run as ads. Now, fast forward to today, you know, the barriers to entry have significantly lowered, but also the platforms have evolved a lot such that there's a much, much higher demand on quantity and a lower demand on quality. You know, now even small brands with limited budgets can create quality video content using software that they can find online using their phones and uh, can really grow an audience using video as a, as a lever. And I know because we ourselves were a scrappy startup bootstrapping back in the day, my, me and my co-founder just uh, ourselves sort of built the first version of the product. And back in 2020, about we started growing our own YouTube channel and our own TikTok channel, just using in-house first ourselves. And then uh, we hired like an intern basically to help us. And we'll talk more about that. But, you know, I think that the perception of video has the, the demands on quantity for a modern marketer have increased significantly. And also the impact of video content, you know, if you can really grow an audience and you can, we, we have so many examples from the last three years of brands and products that have really taken off uh, because they have leveraged TikTok and leveraged YouTube as a place to find and grow an audience. And so, yeah, I think for both of those reasons, video has changed a lot and so have consumer expectations around it. One thing I want to hit on that you mentioned there talking about quality of video, and I think it would be cool just to like maybe dig into this a little deeper is that I think there is a perception, which I think this perception has changed for the better, but there was a perception a while back about like the video content that we put out needs to be like super polished, needs to be super buttoned up. And it like has to be on brand. It has these guidelines and we need, and it was all this, like, you know, you create these scripts and all it just, a whole production. I think today you're seeing like, you know, we've all got phones, right? And people are shooting like really important quality video, just like in low fidelity and that highlighting the creator. And then people identify like the creator with the brand and a bunch of good stuff happens. So maybe like, how do you look at that just in terms of like the production value we put behind the video that we put out and how maybe today it doesn't need to be as buttoned up as we once thought it was. Yeah, I think that that's super important. So a few things about that. One is that, you know, it's when you're working on producing video uh, for a business, you want to be really clear with your team and that everyone on your team has the same ideas about what's expected with regards to quality, because, you know, you can have certain brand standards or agreements that you put in place before you start a video campaign and basically like automate those things being applied to every single video that you make. You know, the, the logo's always in the same place. The subtitles always look the same. You know, it's always going to be the same aspect ratio, et cetera. So, you know, you don't, you don't have to give up. A brand marketer doesn't need to give up full brand the like visual aesthetic definition, but I think it's to define those things up front so that you don't have bottlenecks that prevent you from publishing down the road. It allows your creative team after they have those lines churn out content, just get things get things out. That is one thing I would say. And I also think that I have learned through my own experience that personality-based marketing, you know, enabling people to be a voice or a face that is on camera speaking directly their truth and their insight is so important. And even more important than it was five years ago or 10 years ago, you know, on platforms like LinkedIn and TikTok, like personality-based marketing, having a single person who's sharing 
their perspective is so is so powerful. And so I would encourage also brands to think about like who is going to be the personality or the face for us and how do we like really focus on like training that person to represent the brand whether that's like an executive or it's a content mar- like content lead, you know, I think that like enabling that person to just like speak their truth and share their perspective is super important. And yeah, the third thing I would say is like visual quality really does not matter that much. Audio quality matters. Visual quality really doesn't. So don't stress too much about like the high fidelity camera and the lighting. Like it just really does not matter that much. Audio matters. So getting a mic might be helpful, but I think that you can also use post-production tools like Twing to clean up your audio after the fact. So one thing that I want to hit on is just like the uh, consumer habits and expectations of video and why it why we need to be spending more time with video. I think about just myself and this like blew my mind recently and I have gotten in a, it's just a habit, right? In between meetings, you know, when I've consumed everything and commented and done the whole LinkedIn thing, I'll have my phone and I'll just like mad scroll through TikTok, right? Just because it's like, that's the kind of app it is. It's like highly addictive. And it like learns about you and it curates like what you're interested in. And so I'm like constantly watching these like short clips over and over and over again. And I like went and looked on my iPhone and like, you can see how much time you're spending on certain apps. And I saw how much time I was spending on TikTok. I was like, I'm spending way too much time there. I didn't even know that was like one of the highest apps that I've spent, uh, that I'm spending my day. That caused me to reflect a little bit and just, and I thought about that. Well, it's not just me. It's, there's a ton of people here. So I think there's a certain shift in terms of like the apps we're spending time on. And it seems like the apps that we're spending time on, all of them are centered around video at some level and capacity. So how do you think about that, especially since you're building a product to help brands uh, you know, be in the game here? But just talk a little bit about the consumer habits and expectations of the people that we're trying to reach in 2023. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts about this. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, people's attention spans are just consumers today are just inundated with information and options. You know, they're constantly we're constantly stimulated. Our attention spans are shorter and just our expectations for engaging content are really high. And if something is not engaging, we have very low tolerance and we'll just skip it or move on. So I think, you know, video has the power to capture attention and to convey message, a message like more dynamically and, you know, more memorably too than static text or like an image. And, you know, that's been true in studies on consumer behavior, but also it's just, I feel like it's just true anecdotally. You know, when you think about the things that you have consumed this week, you're probably more likely to think about videos than you are about text or images that you saw. And so I think brands that are not leveraging video are really missing out on that. The second thing I would say is just every single consumer platform has moved more towards video in the last three years, especially like following just the amazing rise of TikTok, the, you know, incredible uh, dominance of TikTok as a platform. Uh, obviously, like Reels has, you know, become a huge part of Instagram, um, but also on other platforms, you know, on YouTube, YouTube Shorts, um, on X, on other, on LinkedIn, of course, like video has just become more and more important anywhere that you are trying to capture attention from potential customers. So I think that that's um, just a reality of where we are now. And And I would say the third thing is that Uh, Even compared to five years ago, you know, there's so many different platforms that people are paying attention to and brands should know that, you know, they do 
have a presence on every platform, even if they don't, even if they're not owning it yet. You know, people are looking at your brand on TikTok, even if you don't have a TikTok presence. So I think it's important also to be have some presence on each platform. And I think that's especially true as Google continues to like prioritize video more and more on the SERP. Um, if you're a business that uses SEO and like search as a growth lover, having video and appearing on the search on the Google search surface for video related queries um, also necessitates that you invest in video as a brand. So yeah, I think for all those reasons, it's really important for, for companies to produce video to reach their customers. Uh, I think one of the hurdles for small teams is alongside the ownership of like, right, we're we're running demand gen campaigns where we've got a newsletter, we've got a blog, maybe we've got a podcast. And then it's just like video is just another thing that we know is important, but we have to add on. So I don't know uh, when you're with your customers, I'm sure it varies through size and scale, but maybe talk a little bit about like who you think should own video at companies should are there specific teams are there specific roles i'm sure it varies because that's a very blanket question but i'd love to kind of hear a response there well i i guess i don't really have declarative advice about this but i can share our experience with it so at kapwing my co-founder and i in the early days made videos ourselves and it was an important way that we were growing on youtube and it, it was like aligned with our search strategy overall we were also mm-hmm. growing on search and YouTube and search are very um, symbiotic. Yeah, we would just make videos ourselves. And if you've never made a video before, Kapoin can help you with that. But you know, it's really easy to basically just record a video, do minimal editing, maybe a few things, and then put it online, put it on YouTube. And you know, you're not going to get that many viewers, but you will be able to cross-link to your domain from the description. So that's kind of like the zero to one on video. I would say, like, just get started making some YouTube videos. Just making your first one will bring you over a huge roadblock that you will need to get started. Then, you know, back in the day, again, this was when we had no subscribers on our YouTube channel. No one was watching our videos. It wasn't like important, quote unquote. We hired a like a college intern to come and run our YouTube channel. And um, eventually we hired her full time. And that person is her name. She grew our channel from basically nine to a thousand subscribers in her first summer to now we have almost 200,000 subscribers on the channel. And we also hired kind of another like digital native Gen Z uh, person a couple of years later to run our TikTok channel and have seen some similar successes there. So I think that you need, I would say to business owners, like you need people probably who are part of the ecosystem to grow it, like who are, who are watching TikTok videos to run a TikTok channel or watching YouTube videos to you know, grow YouTube. And I would also say that, you know, being able to have someone focused on video so that they can like produce videos quickly, uh, they will like gain skills and build their skills over time. So it's probably better to have someone dedicated for it than, or dedicated for, you know, on your marketing team for it, rather than just trying to do it yourself as an executive generally. So yeah, those, I would say that's what we've done at Complain. We have like a small in-house marketing team. It's about four people and two them basically focus on video. Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, our second largest, when we ask people how they found out about our business, the second largest place is they find out about it through TikTok and through YouTube. So that's my advice about kind of how to hire, I would say for this role or like how to, how to build up this role when you're, and, and then again, like when you're just getting started, when you're at the very beginning, you're just repurpose videos that you already have for social, or you're just trying to 
uh, figure out like which platform to even get started with. You can do it yourself using like DIY platforms and repurposing existing content that you have. So I think that the marketing team should own it overall. And I think that it should be part of a content organic content marketing strategy. I love the uh, recruitment uh, like through college intern strategy, especially on video. I know specifically in communicating with a bunch of aspiring marketers, their video chops are a lot better than my video chops as someone who'd been in the game for a while as they've come up through the rise of video. So I think that's really good advice. And I think maybe like so often we 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 start these things and we start these initiatives. And I think something like video and the way you're describing it at Kapwing, it's like you put out a video and you put all this energy into it. And then like, you know, it gets like 10 views and you have no subscribers and like, like, you know what, like, I don't know if video is for us. So you just like abandoned ship, which I don't think is, is a good way to approach something like a video, a video strategy. So maybe before, like you even like hire someone to be in charge of it. Like, how do you ensure that like something like video that we know is super important. We know uh, consumers have an appetite for. How do we make sure we start it in a way that it's we're going to be able to cons- be consistent with it? We're going to be able to learn from it, and it's not something that just kind of dies on the vine. Yeah, um, I think this is an important question, and, and I would say we've had as a company, it's definitely something I relate to because we've had some video initiatives in the past that I feel like have died on the vine. So I feel like we've I've seen it sort of in both directions. One thing I would say is, and this is obvious, just any marketing initiative ever, this has been true, but attribution is important for understanding the success of your campaign. So knowing what does success look like and is everyone on the same page about what success looks like? So I think that, you know, this is hard for TikTok. We struggled with this as a brand on TikTok because there's so little like people clicking on links in bio. There's so little like URL based attribution. And so, and people's attention span so short, even if you have like a discount code or something, it comes at the end of the video, people drop off and just search your brand name on, on TikTok if they're, if they're, or I'm sorry, on, um, on search if they're compelled. So yeah, we added like a survey eventually about what, how people found out about us that helped us to see the impact of our video campaigns on, um, consumer attention. The second thing I would say is that, you know, this is just true for any creative field, but having people making video who, enjoy making it and are interested in making the content regardless of who watches it and mm. and how many people watch it you know i guess you know writing a newsletter is kind of like this too i feel like you're going to burn out on writing a newsletter unless you actually enjoy doing it i have found this like for complaining many times over like i just enjoy writing blog posts for the company blog i enjoy doing it even if it doesn't go viral or like you know get whatever tens of thousands of views and that kind of conviction, I feel like prevents creative burnout and it helps people to keep going basically. And then, you know, the last thing I would say is like, it's not something that is going to get you wins over your first video is going to be a big success. So I would say commit for, you know, a month, commit to making, to getting to a thousand subscribers over the course of three or four months, for example, and let it, you give it time to to grow and to to show proof. Kapwing is certainly an example of that. Like it took us four months to get to a thousand subscribers, and now we have almost two hundred thousand. We 
like are way ahead of our competitors on YouTube when it comes to like video creation queries. So that has given us a big advantage in terms of reaching our customer and also in terms of our customers researching us. So you, I want to talk about the growth because you mentioned you have you know, a small marketing team, but you have individuals dedicated exclusively to video, the YouTube channel, that growth from like zero to where you're at today is, is significant. Can you talk a little bit about the types of things that Kapwing did to grow that audience? Maybe like strategy tactics, anything you want to share? Absolutely. Yeah. We, so one thing we did was we used our existing expertise on SEO to grow the YouTube channel. So we would make SEO optimized uh, YouTube queries or sorry, YouTube videos for things like how to make your video black and white or like how to make your video fit on Instagram or something like that. And we, these are not like, they're not videos that are meant to sort of, you know, go viral. They're not going to like grab a crazy attention. They were just basically targeted to like, this is a problem that our customer has. How do we just create a helpful resource on solving that problem? And most B2B companies can relate to that. Just think about the problems your customers have, what problems like are well-suited for YouTube or like some, someone might go to YouTube to learn more about that topic and then make a you know video about that topic where you're sharing your expertise. Uh, I guess like a big, I think, you know, not so secret about YouTube is just allowing yourself in the early days to uh, like pushing yourself on quantity, not on quality. You will learn how to make better videos, not by trying to make a, an amazing, perfect video, but by making a lot of them. In our case, for example, Grace's first video that she made for the channel was this like awesome, like vlog style video about like uh, basically the impact of like uh, paper posters, basically like postering a city. And it was, it took her like at least 10 days to make the video. And it was, you know, two and a half minutes long and it was really cool and no one watched it. And I think that after that, after she made that video, I came to her and I was like, okay, how can you go from making one video in 10 days to making 10 videos in one day? And she said to me, like, that's impossible. You know, the only way that you could make that is by like just recording like super basic videos, like screencast videos and not doing any editing at all. And just like directly posting the screencast videos on your channel. And I was like, great, do that. Like, let's do that for you know, the next uh, 30 videos on the channel. Like just literally let's make 30 videos this week. Like just the ugliest, most straightforward, direct things you can imagine. And she did that. And what happened was that, you know, we produced 30 pretty ugly videos, many of which are still on her channel today. And she also became much better at doing things like writing scripts and even doing like really quick basic editing functionalities and kind of understanding what to what topics to choose and what to make videos about. She got a lot of feedback from the channel to see what was successful. So yeah, I mean, basically to recap that SEO, like caring more about quantity than quality in the early days. And then the third thing I would say is just trying to like see, incorporate what's working and also learn from like what's learn what's working out there in the universe, you know, trying to look at what, what other B2B brands do, what other kinds of videos are B2B brands making and trying to like copy some of those patterns in your own space is really helpful. For us, one thing that we did was we had like various kind of uh, video topics that we like were going after. You know, we had like the long tail SEO thing, but then we also were covering like sort of in a journalistic way, new like S- new uh, TikTok trends. So like video formats, you know, things like, I don't know, we had all sorts of random things, but 
TikTok has like all sorts of challenges that were going viral at the time. This was during the pandemic. And we would cover those and talk about like how to make or how to participate in that trend. And we had a few videos that way that did really, really well. And most of them didn't, most of them didn't get any views at all. Yeah. Kind of like, basically, I think that the learning from that is, is there something, another trend or another like newsworthy thing that's happening in your space that you can sort of cover or talk about, write about, or make videos about to like be kind of like the first one who's talking about that thing and help to get traction on your channel. And then as we evolved and the channel got like more established, we thought more about like, okay, how do we really focus on conversion, like converting more customers here? And we started making a lot more like product marketing videos and videos that were more focused on the conversion stage where the metric we were looking at was not just views or subscriber count, but it was really like how many customers are we acquired? Like how many customers are we converting on this channel? And because we'd already grown an audience, you know, we, we already had some traction to speak of there that sort of helped to fuel that. So yeah, we focused first on growing an audience. Once we did, then we turned more to thinking about like, how do we convert this audience increasingly over time? So I'm not sure if that helps other people, but I think that, you know, enabling your team to make videos quickly is certainly a problem that Kapwing can help with too, just making it so that you can all collaborate together and make social media optimized stuff really fast. For example, like adding subtitles on your video is going to be a huge differentiator on TikTok and Reels. Kapwing like has a great auto subtitling solution for that and just can help you to really optimize for social very quickly. So would encourage you to check out other tools like Kapwing and things that might expedite or automate your workflows. If you have not already, you should <laughs> record a video that answers that question because a lot of marketers have that question. I think that story that you have about how you've gone from nothing to where you're at today is super powerful. I want to talk about AI, right? You can't do a marketing podcast without talking about AI these days. So I'm curious the role of just automation, AI, how, how does it, how do you think about it? How does it play into like the maybe time consuming components of, of video, like editing and just the creation process? Yeah. I mean, it, it does, you know, every day, my answer to this probably changes because we're constantly learning more about how powerful new technologies are to automate more and more video creation, but AI can dramatically decrease the amount of time that you spend on creating videos. Some ways that it helps are on kind of topic selection and on creating a script. If you can create, you can use a script generator to create a script that's sort of optimized for a specific platform. And you can tweak an existing script using something like GPT if you want to, to make it more optimized for a platform. Um, then once you have the script, you can use something like Kipling's AI video generator to just take that script and turn it into a video literally in a click. This brings in you know all sorts of stock footage and videos from across the internet to give you a visual and uses a synthetic voiceover. You can also just record that video like two or three times to then bring it into an editor and just have all of that footage of yourself saying the script. AI plays a huge role also in just automating the editing process. You can do things like remove silences, improve your audio. You can add subtitles on your video, which like I said, are really important for optimizing for social. And all of those things can be done you know, very quickly 
And if you have a process for them can be really helpful. So when you're making a video from scratch, those are the ways that we use automation at Kapwing to speed up our process. We make a lot of what we call like founder videos where I'm making videos for my LinkedIn um, page. And those are done in collaboration with my content team. And we use Kapwing as sort of like a collaboration platform for all of that editing and creation process. Uh, We do all the footage, all the filming in bulk on one single day every quarter. So we spend, you know, several hours, just all the scripts, basically literally just going through and recording all of them. So that's uh, not, that's not AI, but that's just, you know, good automation time management, I guess. The last thing I'll say on AI playing in the video creation process is, you know, we have so much content that we have not turned into short form uh, video. You know, B2B marketers have webinars, they have all these interviews and recordings of things, and they're like Google Drive. You know, they have blog posts and PowerPoints and all these other things. AI can be really helpful in turning those other pieces of content into short form shareable insights that can be used to build an audience and drive growth. Yeah, I feel like you probably know all about this because you uh, have probably done a lot of repurposing into video, but basically uh, turning like an article into video or turning a a long form interview like this podcast into like short form shareable insights. Kapwing and other tools have like find highlights tools that allow you to basically like take the transcript and it'll kind of suggest the most interesting part of that uh, interview or of that webinar or whatever it is and just create like a shareable vertical video for you or a shareable square video for you from LinkedIn. So yeah, tools are out there that basically literally automate that. Like just you give it a long form piece and it turns into a short form, you give it an article, it turns into a short form video. Definitely check those out if you are just trying to get started and if you're trying to like, you know, increase the quantity of, of content that you produce. How much coffee is consumed on those bulk days of recording? <laughs> um, that's a funny question. Probably like a decent amount just before the recording, honestly. And then, yeah, so much like looking at the camera and sitting still. <laughs> I'm not very good. I'm not very good at sitting still. So I think coffee is a, a makes that makes that worse, not better. Have have you have you always been comfortable shooting video? Is that something that you've had to adjust to? Talk a little bit about that from the founder perspective. I definitely have not. I would say I'm still not super comfortable with shooting video. I think that some people, it's just it's just easy for them, you know, and other people you have to learn. And I'm definitely one of the people that had to learn and had to become more comfortable. Yeah, I guess my recommendation there is one, like getting comfortable with your content team. You know, uh, if you're working with your team, like, you know, just chatting about something else completely, like telling jokes, uh, just getting into a space where with the people in the room, you feel really comfortable helps. And also, you know, knowing with Kapwing, you can see the video drafts as they're being created. And just knowing that I can see the progress of the video and that I could leave comments if there's something that I feel like, you know, awkward about, or I want to cut out, or I want to change that gives me a lot of peace of mind also in just knowing how the footage is going to turn out even when I'm in the moment, just knowing that it's going to, I'm going to be able to see the editing process and see the final drafts gives me more comfort when I'm in the moment. So let's close out with this. You mentioned the founder videos that were, that you use for LinkedIn. So I would imagine Kapwing's team is thinking about video, not 
in isolation, but uh, just from an integrated marketing strategy. I think that is another one of those hurdles we have to get over once we start creating videos. So maybe share, whether it's from Kapwing, your customers, anyone you want to reference, what does a successful integrated strategy around video look like? I think that the, you know, just like many other marketing activities, you have your performance marketing, which is your paid ads, your paid media slots, you have organic marketing and content SEO. And then you have like things that are more like pressworthy. We call it pressworthy inside of Kaplan, but it's things that are more like stunts or founder-led partnerships and basically like getting distribution through PR. So we have video in all three of those categories, you know, making video for creative to run ads, paid paid ads on, on social platforms. We have our pay or our organic video. And then we have video that we're using for the founder brand um, side. And sometimes for like virtual events that we lead in conferences. So I think that video is, you know, it's, it's part of our organic, of our video strategy across our different campaigns and our different initiatives. And we have one video person really internally that helps with making sort of more like high fidelity video for like certain things, especially like in the third category, the founder brand category. And he also leads organic video creation and like paid media creation. Yeah, I would say like, think about where video fits in across what your goals are, what your standard marketing activities are. And depending on what the most important thing is in those categories, whether it's speed or quality or customizability of the videos or just quantity of the videos, like make sure to optimize your process in each one of those categories for that so that you can yeah perform at the sort of like highest level. So yeah, we have a content, of course, like we have a content calendar uh, for both SEO for written content and for video content in our organic channels. Um, I think that that also helps us to move quickly and hold ourselves accountable for volume. And I think that that's a really wise place for people to start who are trying to operate on a low budget and don't have, aren't running paid ads or don't have like partnerships opportunities or PR opportunities to pursue. So that would be my advice on an organic marketing strategy that includes video and and how to incorporate video into an existing marketing strategy. So much good advice in this conversation. I know I feel a little better about how to approach video uh, after this one. Julia, really appreciate it. Learned a ton. Thanks so much for your time. Of course. Thank you, Brett. Really good chatting with Julia. I loved understanding consumer habits, expectations, how do we get started, how AI is involved, all those things. Go check out what Kapwing is doing. They're doing some really cool stuff in the space. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back soon with more Modern Day Marketer on the other side.